Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. I got so, but I'm not a soldier. 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 Yeah. I love that song. That's so good. Um, So there's this famous thing where the uh, trailer for Jarhead. Mm-hmm. Which ended up with a song from, uh, from uh, we were just talking about from Kanye on it, uh, was a very big uh, uh, trailer in the trailer industry, but it started with "I Got Soul, But I'm Not a Soldier." That song. Oh, really? Uh, on it, yeah. So if you put that song over it, it would fit. Yeah, it would sort of fit. It got tweaked a little bit, but that's the thing. Is like sort of um, later on in the process, everyone was liking it, and then somehow the other song got found, and but oh, so there's a little behind the curtain tragedy. Check out the Jarhead trailer because it's pretty sweet. It even, is even really today. sweet. Yeah. yeah, I remember watching it and be like, "Wow, this is, this is it." I can't wait to see this. It's funny how the industry works. As soon as that Jarhead trailer came out, then everybody was like, "I don't know, can you find a Jay Z song or something that works under this other movie?" Like they just <laughs> wanted to do that for every movie for a while. Yeah, and there have been a lot of Jay Z songs in trailers as well and remixes. Now it's just the Inception horn in every movie, or the single piano at the beginning. Ding. Mm-hmm. Which is actually an evolution of the Inception horn, right? It's just like one sound repeated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my favorite is the Rogue One, the... Yeah, the klaxon. <laughs> Whatever the that Death is. The Death Star klaxon. Oh, that's what it is? Yeah. Cool. Anyway, how's it going, everybody? You are listening to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And we are back talking about Commander 2016. We have two decks to go. If you guys haven't seen the rest of these, uh, we break down every single deck every year from the pre-constructed decks that Wizards releases, show you guys some few quick tips on how to modify them, and today we are doing Brea Ethereum Shaper. But before we get started, we have a couple of announcements. Yes, so announcement number one, we've started a Patreon. We finally did it. Uh, It's been two years, essentially, since this podcast has started. A little more. We've released over 130 episodes and uh, now we are, we are reaching out to you all uh, to help support the show because uh, we've been <laughs> footing the bill for quite a while because, you know, we wanted to make this show for you all and focus on quality first before asking anyone for anything. Yeah, we wanted to make sure we were at the level where we felt comfortable, like, 
yeah, the show maybe is worth a couple of dollars from the listeners. Um, also, just, you know, to be totally honest, we've spent a lot of money on the show uh, out of our own pockets. We're not trying to even out those books in any way. We're just trying. It's impossible. It's impossible. This point. <laughs> I mean, we're really tens of thousands of dollars, and and we have an editor that we've paid every episode at a you know industry st- standard rate since like episode ten. I did the first ten, but after that, like Jimmy and I just unfortunately don't have the time to do yeah. the show if we also have to edit it because that's a great big uh, chunk of time. Yep. So. This is it. We're just trying to ask for a little bit of help and support. And also, we've got a bunch of other things that we want to do more of, and you probably wonder why we haven't. Things like Kitchen Table Fables. Mm-hmm. The out-of-the-box video that we shot and did last week for the pre-constructed decks. Yeah, definitely gameplay video is something people really responded to, and we want to do more of. And in order to do more of it, unfortunately, we just we just are at the maximum amount that we ourselves can personally finance. Yeah, so I would say the pilot period for the show is finally over. We've been picked up by the network, and the network is you all. Um, and Patreon's super simple. We're doing it by episode. You can get in as, as low as a dollar per episode. And honestly, th- I think that's what most people will do, and that's what's going to make the biggest difference for us as a show. So if you guys want to check it out, there's a bunch of other also tiers and things that you get for being a donor. Go to patreon.com slash command zone from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great so far. We can't wait for more great things to come. Yep. Um, We should also mention our sponsor, Card Kingdom. They are awesome. They get you cards faster than anybody. Make sure that when you order cards through Card Kingdom, you use the affiliate link, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Yep. And we list a bunch of cards at the end of all of these episodes, and they're also in the show notes below about what to take out and what to add in. So the best way to get those cards immediately if you want to play very quickly with them is by going to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. It's also the best place to order the commander precons if for some reason you haven't already. Yeah. You should have you should have the ones that you want by now. Yeah, hundred percent. They've been a blast. I think they're all worth it value wise as well. So Okay, on to the episode. Okay, so the pre-con deck that we are going to be talking about today is Invent Superiority, which is the green list deck featuring Brea Ethereum Shaper as the four-color commander on the front. Again, this episode is meant as a breakdown of the deck. We're going to analyze all the aspects of the deck and then tell you what cards that we would take out and put in, essentially, to make it better. Uh, And we're not talking about a full reshaping of the deck. We're just talking 10 to 15 cards. So really easy adjustments that you can do, especially if you're buying a deck for the first time and don't want to sort of start from nothing. This is a great sort of pre-build to go off of. Yeah, it's also a good look if you're just going to open the deck and play it without changing it, just to sort of see, you know, a lot of times you need to like figure out what a deck wants to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a good look at be like, okay, the first time I play it, I sort of already know what the deck's doing, what it wants to do. So that tells you maybe how you might play your cards and things like that. So it's also a good overview for that. All right. So let's read Brea, Ethereum Shaper. She is white, blue, black, and red for a 4-4 legendary artifact creature, human. Notably, she is an artifact. That's going to come into play later. When Brea, Ethereum Shaper, enters the battlefield, create two 1-1 blue Thopter artifact creature tokens with flying. And then she has an additional line of text that says, pay two mana and sacrifice two artifacts to choose one. Either Brea deals three damage to target player, or target creature gets minus four, minus four until end of turn, or you gain five life. A lot of people underrated this card, I think. A lot. And we've talked about it a little bit already on previous episodes, but the fact, I think there's the one big thing that really slides past you the first time you read her and then you realize it is that she can sacrifice herself yep 
And being a commander, she can also be recasted, which means you're going to get more 1-1 blue Thopter artifact creature tokens. It's an enter the battlefield ability, non-on-cast ability, so flickering her as well also gets you more. So she creates three artifacts when she comes into the battlefield, essentially, herself and two other tokens, and all of those are fodder for her sacrifice ability. And also because she sacrifices two when you use her ability, there's one left over mm -hmm. in that exchange, which is responsible for a lot of the broken things, not all of them that you can do. Basically, if you can ever create infinite mana it has to be colored mana but infinite mana then Bray can just win because everything else is on her because she is a commander so mm -hmm. you can cast her sacrifice her and one of the thopters to herself to deal three damage to somebody then if you have infinite mana you recast her yeah do the same thing do the same thing do the same thing so you can immediately win um you know aside from counter spells and things other effects that players might have but if you ever get infinite mana bray very 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 powerful uh, also yeah. i would say among the pre-con decks uh straight out of the box with no changes she is possibly the most powerful definitely one of the top two i would say with atraxa yeah and the this deck bears a lot of similarities to atraxa that we'll talk about later but yeah i think bray is very good obviously um and i know for a fact a lot of people are going to build infinite combos off her i think it's going to take at least three cards and it's not immediately obvious what you have to do but like josh said if you're able to ever infinitely generate mana or infinitely flicker her and generate even colorless mana at that point you can kill everyone because she can deal a lot of damage to a lot of people some are two cards though yes anyway anyway okay. yeah we're gonna talk about her more later yeah all right uh the other legendary new legendary creatures in the deck the first up is akiri line slinger you want to read her yep akiri line slinger just cost two mana a red and a white for a zero three legendary creature core soldier ally has first strike and vigilance two mana uh, zero three first strike huh there's the there's the boros <laughs> <laughs> has partner but the real line of text is akiri gets plus one plus zero for each artifact you control yeah, she's got cranial plating on her permanently, kind of. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, right? Yeah. Um, yep, yeah, it's fine. This card's fine. Once you play a lot of artifacts, it's not super exciting. I guess it is two mana. Yeah, and the Vigilance does make a big difference because this can almost always ping someone at the table for, you know, five, six damage and then sit there and be a great blocker on the ground. Yeah, good point. And you're going to, in a deck like that, you're going to play a lot of artifact lands and things like that. So yeah, uh, it could get huge and out of control. Uh, this next card. Oh, I love this card, actually. Oh, Surprisingly, not Sup my type of card. Yeah, not mine either, honestly. And it, boy, it does work. It is Bruce Tarl, Bordish Herder. Uh, also known as Brom from League of Legends, but in the Summer Isles, I uh, guess. Is he Russian? Because Borish. Borish. It sounds like Borish. Yeah. It's Bruce Bor. Borish. Bruce. Bruce, yeah. He's two red and a white for a 3-3 legendary creature human ally. Whenever Bruce Tarl enters the battlefield or attacks, target creature you control gains double strike and lifelink until end of turn. Oh, uh, boy. Um, so there's a similar card that uh, is uh, called Rafik that also grants double strike, and we've all seen what happens when creatures get double strike in Commander. They usually end up killing people very quickly. But the lifelink tagged onto this also means that you're going to be gaining a ton of life. Yeah, wow. this card, um, so I, I played this deck in the third game of our gameplay video series, which wasn't on the video, but we're working on it. Maybe its own video here soon. Mm -hmm. um, and I played Bruce Tarl and I forget one of the other, uh, I think I think Silas Wren, Kylo Wren, or whatever that guy's yeah. name is. Um, but And I never cast the other, the Silas Wren, but Bruce Tarl was a linchpin in that deck. That card was amazing. I, I think yeah. I gained like 80 life off of him. Yeah. <laughs> it was insanity. Like, that 
oh, that card is just it took it over the surprisingly edge good. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else was like, all right, we have to kill Josh now and be like, oh, God, you just gained another 30 life. Yeah. <laughs> In that game, spoiler alert, Craig got out uh, four 8-8 flyers on turn five and started attacking me with them. And yet there was a point where I was at 32 and he was at five because I was able to lifelinking yeah. double strike and just gain all the life back every time that he was trading with me. So, uh, Bruce Tarl, pretty good. Pretty good. Well, speaking of Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, Silas Ren, Seeker Adept. This is the, thir- uh, the third partner commander in the deck. It's one, a blue, and a black, so three mana total for a 2-2 legendary artifact creature, human, has death touch. Whenever Kylo Ren <laughs> deals combat damage to a player, choose target artifact card in your graveyard. You may cast that card this turn. That's pretty good. Uh, it's going to be hard for people to block him uh, in general. Just because death touch. But uh, combat damage deal. to a player is like my least favorite term on the card. It's just very conditional. I mean, yes, you're gonna, it's going to happen sometimes, but it's hard to guarantee that it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. I mean, you need other cards in the deck. I, then you have to cast the artifacts. Man, it would be, I think, like Yidris, right? You deal combat damage, you cascade. Yeah. That doesn't cost you anything extra. You deal combat damage, and then you just get something for free. Silas just lets you cast something out of your graveyard. That's still good, but you have to pay the mana cost, so you don't actually Mm -hmm. get, like, as much as, say, Yidris. I mean, obviously, he's a three-mana card, so... Yeah, and I think he's... You can obviously this combos well with uh, Brea because the artifacts you're sacrificing might end up in the graveyard so yep. Silas can bring them back. But the conditional part of having to deal combat damage is going to be a bit trickier, so... Yeah, I mean, the Death Touch, like you said, it does help. Yeah. Now, here's the thing about this deck is there are also a ton of other legendary cards in here. Like, they stacked this deck with every single legendary card I think they could have. Um, Yeah, when I saw this list that you made, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, so the first one uh, isn't necessarily legendary, but it is a Planeswalker that can be your commander. It's Doretti, Scrap Savant, who is in the Mono Red decks. Also an expensive card. Yeah, a great reprint, and also incredibly good with Artifact Recursion and an automatic fit into this deck. I think one of the things I I found with the four color decks a little aside is that they very much resemble a three color deck and then the fourth color seems really underrepresented mm-hmm. like in one of the decks that just had a little bit of blue is like oh we just throw in a disdainful stroke right like, well that's not <laughs> that's not really making use of the blue but it was awesome because it won me that one game. <laughs> you that game. <laughs> Randomly. Yeah. Um, but Doretti Scrap Savant is one. Red is sort of the unrepresented color in this deck and Doretti is by far the most powerful um, card out of all of those. That card is incredibly good. Sharoom is also in there. Sharoom the Hegemon. is a really, really uh, powerful card, too. That's a powerful deck in its own right. Yeah, now that's like what I want Silas Friend to say is what Sharoom says. Yes. Um, you also have Slowbad, Go- Goblin Tinkerer, Hannah Ships Navigator, Sidri Galvanic Genius, Jorkadine the Prevailer, and Godot Bandit Warlord. So those are all legendary creatures. If you wanted to build a deck around any of these guys or gals, you could. What a great deck to purchase to have the ability just in the future to build a bunch more decks because yeah. you already have a bunch of legendaries. This is this is really cool. Yeah, and they all work really well in the deck as well. I would say like Jorkadine maybe is the only one that doesn't mesh that well because he just gives all your guys plus three, plus oh. Still so, pretty good. Still pretty good, yeah. And that's something that we messed up as well when we were playing because we didn't see that. It gave all of your creatures that. I don't think it mattered because I think I only had Bruce Tarl on him. But It may have mattered for me when I stole it a couple of turns. Oh, uh, for you it probably yeah, would have mattered. But, yeah. I mean, I still so read my cards, Jimmy. Yeah, no, I didn't read the dang card. <laughs> oh, well. All right, so let's talk about some deck statistics. Obviously, this is an artifact deck, so there are 31 cards in this deck that care about artifacts either artifacts entering the battlefield, going to the graveyard, or being in the graveyard. So 
every it's it's similar to the Atraxa deck because that one was all about plus one plus one counters. Similar number there. Thirty one cards is almost half of the cards in the deck. Yeah, that's this is great because it makes the, our life so much easier. It's you don't have to go searching for what the deck wants to do. I mean, yeah, you would think that would be the case when you see Brea, but sometimes these decks sort of the the commander says something and then the deck really doesn't follow through with that. And this one, it definitely does. Yep. So obviously that's going to be a huge theme moving forward. There are only four card draw spells in the deck, which I found to be kind of interesting considering that this deck does have blue and there are a lot of artifacts out there that help you draw cards if you're able to put them in there. Uh, it might be because uh, they have uh, artifact recursion or some recursion stuff and they're yeah. counting that as card draw, but I would not count that as card draw. And for the reasons we talked about in our card advantage and card draw episode, because that won't help you find the answer you need that you don't have right now. And that's yep. a lot of what card draw is. It's just like making sure you have a board wipe in your hand when you need it. And, yep. and recursion won't always do that. Yeah, and that's the next category. Is there are 10 cards that care about artifact recursion, either bringing the artifacts from a graveyard back to your hand or the battlefield. But the problem with this, like you said, it's not card draw because there are no almost no ways to discard the cards in your hand to get into the graveyard. So if you wanted to consider a card draw, it's like a two-step process. Discard the card and then play a card that gets that card back. That's a lot of work to be considered card draw, but that's the closest you can get to it. And there's almost no ways to ditch cards into the graveyard in the deck. It's definitely value. I'd put it more on the card advantage end than the card draw end, right? Because you block with Kylo Ren, the death touch guy, and he dies and goes to the graveyard and he kills something because he had death touch. And then you bring him back out of the graveyard and now maybe you've got card advantage because he took a card with him and it didn't actually cost you a card. But it, like we said, it's not card draw. Yeah, and actually we did a, on our 127th episode, we compared card draw and card advantage. So if you guys want to learn more about that, make sure to check that out. Uh, there are seven cards that ramp in the deck. Uh, obviously, almost all of them are artifact-based, or they're cards that can tap for specifically artifact creatures, artifact spells, or make artifacts cost less. There are three to four targeted removal spells, uh, which sounds about right, um, considering that Brea herself is a form of targeted removal. Yeah, I agree with that, because... Brea, surprisingly, that negative four, negative four does matter a lot. Especially against the other precons, because a lot of the main commanders are four fours. Super good point. Yeah, Yidris, four toughness. Mm -hmm. um, Atraxa. Atraxa, four toughness. Okay, obviously, Kinaios and Tiro have more than four toughness. <laughs> but Saskia, four toughness. So you can yeah. you can kill straight out three of the four other four-color commanders with uh, Brea's ability. So and that's Brea, a really if you point. face her as well. Yeah, good Because she's also four four. Uh, there's only one counterspell in the deck. Is it Disdainful Stroke? No, it isn't. It's a modular. It's like a split card. Cards that everyone knows you have, by the way, because you're like, let me look at this card. Turn it sideways. It's like, oh, I wonder what that guy's looking at. <laughs> that, that or your head turned sideways. Yeah. It's like, are you looking at a full art? What's happening? Um, there are three board wipes in the deck, but I wouldn't consider one of them a real board wipe because it's only doing two damage to every non-artifact creature. Uh, so that's a little low, I think, on the counterspell and board wipe side. And there are cards that tutor for artifacts. There are three of them. Uh, which is actually pretty decent. Yeah, that's good because these precons don't have a lot of tutoring in general. Yeah. Uh, and then there are artifacts that want to go to the graveyard. There are four of those. So obviously you can see what Wizards was trying to do with this deck here. They want cards that care about artifacts. They want you to sacrifice them, put them into the graveyard or tutor for them, and you get a lot of value. So this deck is very similar to the Atraxa deck. There are a huge majority of the cards that care about artifacts. The inner synergies of the deck are all there. They flow really nicely together. I think every time someone played this deck, there was always something that they could do. They never felt dead, um, like an aggro deck might if they just don't have any gas left. So I think the deck wants to abuse artifact synergies, uh, reuse a lot of the inner, the inner the battlefield abilities, and win mostly through creating value over the long term. I don't think you're going to win by necessarily lightning bolting people with Brea a bunch. It may be how you finish someone off, but that's not where, how you're going to take someone from 40 to zero. 
I think in a fully tuned deck, maybe you do that more. But in this yeah. straight out of the box, definitely not. And then even with a quick upgrade, it's going to be hard to build in enough of those combos to do it. But in a fully tuned Bray deck, I think you can probably build a version that's very, very combo-centric. Yeah. Uh, and also, this was the deck that <clears throat> Wizards decided to add in the Boros aggro sort of commander partners. So there's a whole little mix of that in there as well. Um, and it's interesting. Like, there, two of the partners are, I mean... Um, like, Bruce Tarl doesn't care about artifacts, but Akiri does, so it's kind of a weird mix, um, but they're both, I think, taking away from the main point of the deck, and it doesn't have very many board wipes or targeted removal, so. Which is interesting, because it is the most control of the decks, I, I agree. It seemed like what yeah. Brea wanted to do was sort of use that negative four, negative four ability, keep things under control, and get a value engine going where mm-hmm. I could constantly recur, you know, some artifacts for value, and win the long game that way. Yeah. Which usually that's a, uh, you want board wipes in that strategy. Yeah, you want ways to mitigate the damage you're going to be taking because you need time to set up your, like, sweet value engine to be recurring stuff and controlling the board. Because, um, like, Brea isn't hard control, but she can definitely control a lot of stuff that comes out. Like, Oracle Moldiah, dead immediately. You know, yeah. like, so she can take care of a lot of problematic cards, but if it's, like, a 10-10, you're in a bit of trouble. Or, like, yeah, if, the, if it comes out too late, the Mana Gorger Hydra is already a 30-30. <laughs> yeah. Brea can't do much about that. Uh, ramp and card draw. The the ramp is entirely creature and artifact-based, so there's no... Because it's greenless, there's no, you know, rampant growths and stuff. Um, there are a couple of cards that act very similar to Somberwald Sage, uh, so that adds mana for creatures only. In this case, this is artifacts only. So the card draw, I think, is a little lacking, probably because they think they have a lot of recursion and stuff in there, but there definitely needs to be more card draw considering we're in blue and black and white. Well, not white necessarily, but blue and black. Um, no board wipes. <laughs> there are three... I mean, there's like a Nevermoreal's Disc, but there's Whip Flare, which does two damage to every creature. That's a, not an artifact. That's not really going to do much. Even Nevermoreal's, I, I think it's fine as a card, but it's not great because it, it doesn't do it now. Yeah. So it comes into play tapped, and that can be a real problem because somebody has one, uh, one round at the table to do something before mm-hmm. you kill all their stuff or destroy the disc. So it's fu- it's a fine card. I would I would play it, but I don't think it's one of the better board wipes for sure. No, and it is it is a very good control board wipe, though, because when you play it, you can play it at a time where you can trigger it anytime you want, so you can start playing out a lot of artifacts specifically and being like, cool, I know I can get these back because the card's in my hand, where everyone else is kind of sitting there being like, oh, I can pull the trigger at any moment with the disc, so I'm not going to play my stuff out as much. Yeah, I mean, we have kind of a rule in our play group, and I would suggest that you adopt it, which is anybody who's got an Avignon's disc, everyone attack that person until they blow it up, because yeah. otherwise you just can't play cards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can play Planeswalkers. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the best cards in the deck. um, This one, I think, is pretty obvious. Trading Post. This card's so sneaky good. Yeah, it's sneaky good. It's kind of like the Staff of Domination budget. (laughs) The budget Staff of Domination. It's like a little Planeswalker almost. It has so many abilities. Yeah, and they're all pretty good. So for four mana, you get an artifact with four different abilities on it. The first is you can pay a mana to tap it and discard a card. You gain four life. Very good in this deck because you want to put things in the graveyard because of the recursion. Uh, the next ability is one, pay one and tap it. Pay one life, create a zero one white goat creature token. So this is sort of like the, you can't do anything else, make a blocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, one mana tap, sacrifice a creature, return artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. That's also really good in this deck. You And also you can sacrifice the goat. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-turn get something back from your uh, graveyard yeah. artifact. Yeah. Or end step upkeep kind of thing. But also Brea makes two creatures when she comes in. So mm-hmm. you have Thopters just lying around that you can get any artifact card back from your graveyard with. Yep. And the the probably the best one, one mana tap, sacrifice an artifact, draw a card. 
This is very good with also with Brea. Um, something in one of our games on the gameplay video was that Josh Kim was sacrificing Brea to put and letting Brea go to the graveyard mm-hmm. to recast her by sacrificing a creature, bringing her back to the hand, and then recasting and getting two Thopters. So he was making one Thopter on that exchange, and he wasn't paying commander tax because it was going from gra- Brea was going to graveyard, then to hand, then yeah. casting, and so it was just you know, every other turn. And and that's an accrued value engine like we were talking about, that once it was down to 1v1, it was it's very hard to beat that. Um, and it, you're, you're, once you're sort of in the attrition part of the game. Yeah, and the fact that you're drawing cards off of this, you're gaining, like, you're, you're gaining a creature, you're returning cards to your hand. Trading Post does a little bit of everything. In fact, Brea is essentially a Trading Post deck, is what this looks like to yeah. me. Because all of these abilities, except for making a 0-1 white goat, all care, like, Brea cares about all of them. But the goat, again, does self-synergize with the trading post because mm-hmm. you can sacrifice the creature to do something with the trading post. It's a very good card, maybe one of the more underrated cards uh, in Commander. Yeah. I think you can actually put trading post into most decks most sure. decks, and be yeah. happy with it. Um, the next one, we've already talked about it. You want to take it? Sure. It's Duretti Scrap Savant. Uh, Duretti's a three and a red, so four mana for a three loyalty planeswalker you plus two discard up to two cards then draw that many cards negative two sacrifice an artifact if you do return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield yeah to the battlefield so you sort of trade one artifact for another that's Mm -hmm. in your graveyard then negative 10 you get an emblem with whenever an artifact is put into your graveyard from the battlefield return that card to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step so it's like marchesa once you get that you're you're really rolling because you just every time your stuff, your artifacts go, they just come right back. Yeah. Um, Duretti, pretty expensive, very good deck in its own right. Going to be amazing in this deck. Yeah, by far. Again, he every single one of his abilities, similar to the Trading Post, is what this deck wants to do. Um, and the third best card in the deck, I think, is just Shroom, the Hegemon. Uh, Shroom is great. Three white, blue, black for a 5-5 five, five Sphinx artifact creature, so she's an artifact as well. Flying, when Shroom enters the battlefield, you may return target artifact card from your creature to the battlefield. So flicker effects, obviously very good with Shroom. Um, and the fact that it comes back to the battlefield, again, you're cheating a huge amount of mana cost sometimes because you can bring back some crazy stuff. And you see that all of the cards listed in this section are graveyard artifact recursion cards. Yeah. So it's very important to the deck. Yep. Uh, Which take- makes sense because you've got a, a general that's sacrificing artifacts, right? Yeah. Let's take a look at some of the worst cards. Whip Flare... One in a red for a sorcery. It deals two damage to each Narn artifact creature. It makes sense why this is in the deck, but this is not going to do what you really want it to do, yeah. I think, in a lot it's of games. It's too low impact. There's too many times where you're going to stare at that card and go like, well, it kills two things that don't matter, and it doesn't kill the other two things that really matter. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, sometimes they'll get rid of an Oracle and a bunch of mana dorks, but it's just not high i mean like if you can play it on turn four every time and play something else then sure but you'd rather be playing bray on turn four or a mana dork on turn three you know it's like but on turn four you could also just play wrath of god yeah (laughs) so (laughs) way better and you're in white so yeah may as well uh another awful card is parting thoughts we talked about this in one of the other decks yeah it's just so situational two in the black sorcery destroy target creature you draw x cards and you lose x life where x is the number of counters on that creature so obviously we know it can destroy a creature, like no matter what. It doesn't have to have the counters. The problem is it's three mana for mm-hmm. a sorcery. Yeah. And so you're paying a lot extra because we can get, again, you can do Swords to Plowshares or Path to Exile. So what is this card doing that makes me want to play it over those cards? 
it's maybe drawing cards if something has a bunch of counters on it. That's mm-hmm. not worth it not being instant and costing two more mana. Not yeah. at all. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah, I think this card is just bad. Uh, if you're in a meta, maybe, where there's like a bunch of decks that use a bunch of plus one, plus one counters, maybe. But even then, it's like maybe one player plays that. And let's say you don't draw that card, and then that player gets eliminated, and then you draw the card, and you're like, oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, the next card in the worst cards category is Read the Runes. It's uh, blue and X for an instant. Draw X cards. For each card drawn this way, discard a card unless you sacrifice a permanent. Why not just play any other card that just says draw X cards without the whole sacrifice bit? That's that's a really good point. You have a bunch of ways. To, you're, you're already sacrificing stuff in this deck. You don't want read the runes here. You Just play a better card draw in, in its spot, sort of. I mean, Stroke of Genius, it just costs two more mana, and you just straight up draw the cards. Yeah. And, and then, then there, there's like Brain Geyser. Okay, that's a sorcery. But still, you just keep the cards. There's no like, and then do some other bad stuff you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, and... It, Obviously, this deck is about sacrificing things, but this sort of feels like someone said, like, oh, you want to sacrifice stuff? You try this out. It's like, no, no, I don't want to sacrifice it with this card. I don't want to sacrifice it for nothing. Yeah. I want to get stuff when I sacrifice it. And you get cards. Okay, so uh, notable value in the box. Besides uh, Doretti. Besides Doretti, Magus of the Will. This card is brand new and super good. We've seen a lot of uh, uh, these Maguses. There's Magus of the Wheel, which is uh, Wheel, Wheel of Fortune, Fortune. On, a, on the creature. This is Magus of the Will. It's two in a black. Creature, human, wizard. You can pay two in a black to tap it and exile Magus of the Will. Until end of turn, you may play cards from your graveyard. If a, guard, if a card would be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile that card instead. So Yogmoth's Will on the creature. You just play cards from your graveyard. You don't have to... Um, it's not... It's kind of like flashback, but for all your cards in your graveyard. But also, you could play a land out of your graveyard, or mm-hmm. more than one, depending on you know if you have exploration or something. Yeah, uh, Yogmoth's Will, very expensive card. So this is a great alternative, and also a great second copy of Yogmoth's Will for decks that really wanted two copies. Yeah, and people are excited about this, and the reason I think the price is up is because it may see play in other formats, uh, which is the other valuable reprint, which is Master of Ethereum. Two in the blue for a star star artifact creature, Vidalcan Wizard. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of artifacts you control, and other artifact creatures you control get plus one, plus one. So actually, in this deck, it's not great, but if you were going to go to a store and turn in some cards and get other ones, I would 100% trade this in. Yeah, because this is uh, one of the, what, Affinity? Yeah, it's a modern modern, modern deck, uh, one, of the, one of the cards in that. I think it's decent in the deck, too. It does make your Thopters two twos instead of, you know, one ones. And yeah. it makes Brea a five five. It's fine. It's not amazing, but... Yeah. So out of the box, the deck seems pretty powerful, very synergistic. Uh, the cards that aren't in the artifact theme are still pretty good on their own, so there is not a huge imbalance between the cards, which I think is really important in terms of ev- evaluating it. Um, for instance, the Kineos and Tiros of Miletus deck, it, the power level was everywhere, and you could really see that, like... There if you a, draw these cards, it's going to go great. If you just don't happen to draw these couple of cards, it's not going to go that great. Yeah, exactly. So um, th- I think this deck has a really consistent power level. Brea seems to be pretty underrated as a commander so far. If you start her, you, I think you should think of her as, as like an uber enchantment, and then the possibilities start opening up, or like a trading post kind of card, where the ability of the deck to play a long game is where you want to be, and it's using its graveyard super liberally. It's got so many value engines inside the deck, and it just is going to keep churning. So you have, a, like, almost all of your draws are going to be live draws in a lot of ways because it's going to get an artifact back. You're going to get a two-for-one off of a bunch of the cards. Yeah, uh, both games we played when we played it, you know, in that environment, just the pre-cons, uh, the Brea deck made it to the last two players both times. Yeah. Um, and it was in the same sort of position both times where it was sort of trying to value them out 
you know, and and you could see from that point if the game just could go another twelve turns, the Brea deck was going to win. Yeah, uh, it didn't end up winning either of those games, but yeah, probably because it's lacking in control aspects. It doesn't have very many good board wipes, uh, which is funny because this deck is able to rebuild faster than any of the other precons out of the gate. Uh, so a board wipe is very good for it because it can you know you get a, a twenty for one, and then the next turn you're playing half the cards out of your graveyard. Brea comes back, you get more synergies, and you're able to control the board again. Um, I think the deck can get overrun really quickly, especially if it stumbles on mana. You can't cast Brea on turn four, um, and it's at its core. I think it's a Shroom esque deck, so you want to take advantage also in this case of token generation and try to make as much mana as possible because Brea is at the helm instead. So, All right, let's talk about some cards to add. So again, when we go through this section, it's not a full tune-up of the deck. We're not talking about, like, this is a fully tuned Brea deck. This is about, like, you get the pre-con, you take it out of the box, and you do a quick, like, 15, 12 to 15 card swap out. And remember to check the show notes because Jimmy's going to have done a full, like, here's the 15 cards we think you should add, and here's also the 15 cards we think you should take out uh, and re- to replace those cards with. So, yeah. Yep, if you, it's just suggestions, you know. Yeah, and I'm, we're going to talk about more than 15 cards here. I took sort of the best of these at the bottom of the show notes. Uh, so Control, uh, I think this is a deck that would like Opposition. And Opposition usually isn't that great in multiplayer games, but if you're making a lot of tokens, which I think are a lot of the cards you should be adding in here, like Mirror Battlesphere is in the deck as well. So you have a lot of ways to use Opposition, which is two blue-blue for an enchantment, tap an untapped creature you control, tap target artifact creature or land. So you can completely ice a player out of the game with this. If you have, like, five creatures, you can just have them have five less mana on their turn, which yeah, is definitely, really powerful. Definitely super good in token decks, and you see it sometimes. You don't see it all the time because blue is not traditionally one of the token colors, but now that we can combine it with so many other colors, Opposition is just a really good card in general because yeah. the versatility of it's really strong. It also defeats, like, one really big creature, mm-hmm. like a Mana Gorger Hydra, say. Oh, gosh. That's just on my mind because of the gameplay video. Yeah. I just still have nightmares about it. That card really housed us. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's get people to play and buy this card. <laughs> so <laughs> I put it on here for you, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Supreme Verdict. It's uh, one white, white, blue, so four mana for a sorcery. Supreme Verdict can't be countered. Hey. Destroy all creatures. Pretty good. So this is an uncounterable board wipe. It doesn't say the they can't be regenerated clause, but I think that's worth giving up um, mm-hmm. just so that you know it will happen. Also, yeah, a long time ago, if you haven't heard, I spec'd on a bunch of foil copies of these. Um, so I have like, I don't know, 80 or 90. So if they go up in price, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, Supreme Verdict again, because board wipes are so good in this deck because you can do stuff with Brea. You can hit someone for three before you, know, you play a board wipe like this. You can do so any of her abilities and then supreme verdict great that's fine because your creatures were already off the board and you have a bunch of artifacts that aren't creatures that aren't going to die yeah bitter ordeal this This is is an interesting one yeah really interesting card i didn't see this until i went to edhrec.com thanks donald uh who somehow make his made his website work with all the four color commanders i don't know how that guy's crazy i think it's the partners that are gonna really mess him up yeah but he's Uh, managed to figure out a way right i hope so i think they're sort of a I don't know what he ended up with, but he was looking on Twitter. He was asking people, like, does this look better or this? I think he, I think he figured it out. Yeah. Uh, bitter Ordeal. Two in the black for a sorcery. Search target player's library for a card and exile it. Then that player shuffles his or her library. Normally, this card sucks in Commander. However, this has Gravestorm. So when you cast this spell, copy it for each permanent put into a graveyard this turn. You may choose new targets for copies. So if you have a way to infinitely generate mana with Brea, infinitely create tokens, or infinitely flicker her, and you have one sack outlet, you can bitter ordeal an entire player's library. Yep. In one shot. And then because you just the sack back. 
uh, Brea and the Thopter infinite times, and now infinite amount of things have gone to your graveyard. Yeah. Uh, and if you have a way to recur to this, like with a Snapcaster Mage or with Magus of the Will, then you could do it to two players. So it's an interesting win condition. I think you would only put it in the deck if you knew you had ways to really abuse it. Or if you're playing against very combo-heavy decks. Um, and, you know, obviously this card's pretty powerful. Um, oh, yes. Scourglass. Now, this is... Um, an interesting board wipe. It's three white white for an artifact. You can tap it to sacrifice Scourglass, destroy all permanents except for artifacts and lands. All permanents. So that includes Planeswalkers and stuff too. Activate Yeesh. this ability only during your upkeep. Obviously, this is the kind of board wipe that this deck wants. Um, Big and, time. And this is way better than Nev's Disc, I think, because you, unfortunately, you can only do it during your upkeep, but it really freezes the table. Yeah, I think this is just going to... Well, it's so one-sided when it happens, too. It's kind of Cyclonic Rifty in that way. It's yeah. just, it doesn't happen quite as instantly, but if you had, uh, especially if you had Leyline or Vidalcan Orrery and you could play it out on the instep before you turn into it, it would be amazing. Yeah, super. Um, yeah, this next one must include All is Dust, 7 Mana, Tribal Sorcery, Eldrazi. Each player sacrifices all colored permanents he or she controls. So this will get rid of things like Brea because she does have color, but it won't get rid of all your like artifacts. And you're going to have just way more artifacts yeah. than everybody else. Like, you know, this is one of those cards where you're going to play it. You're going to lose two things. Everybody else is going to lose seven things. Yeah, and they're going to lose a lot of the things that they weren't expecting to lose either. So their enchantments, their planeswalkers, the things that are like, oh, you can board wipe right now. It's fine. I have no creatures out. It's like, all is dust. <laughs> yeah, card is good. Yeah. It always hoses me. Every time I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. All is dust. All is dust, uh, yeah. And also says sacrifices, so it's like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I have a whole category just called good stuff. This deck is a deck that loves good stuff because it has ways to abuse good stuff. Uh, and one of them is one of my favorite cards of all time. It's Greater Gargadon. So it's nine and a, and a red for a creature beast. You can suspend it 10, paying one red, so it gets 10 time counters on it. And you always do this, by the way. You are, yeah. Uh, because this is essentially a 10-turn uh, existing sort of uh, sacrifice outlet. So you can sacrifice yep. an artifact creature or land to remove a time counter from Greater Gargadon, and then you can get... So it'll go down to 9, 8, 7, and eventually you'll play it as 9, 7. But the fact that you can sac an artifact is really, really important because... Right, so when you sac... We should explain. When you yeah. sacrifice the artifact creature or land, you remove a time counter from the Greater Gargadon. So it starts with 10. It doesn't cost anything to sac sack things to it mm -hmm. and that's really the big thing i think is that it's a free sack outlet right it, a lot of sack outlets say pay one and tap this thing to sack something not greater gargadon pay nothing just sack stuff yeah you can sack up to 10 things and then it comes into play um yeah uh and then you get a nine seven for one mana i dig it yeah the nice thing is you can also play this with a board wipe right so it's got one thing left yeah. or it's got like four things left you can um play a board wipe and then sac, you know, or sacrifice all your creatures so that it just takes one thing less. And it comes in with haste because you, usually it's yep. the turn after you suspend it. So you can just crack at someone for nine immediately after board wiping. Or if somebody else board wipes, you can just be like, okay, well, my Gregor Garganon is sitting here with seven counters. They board wipe. I'll just sack six creatures to mm -hmm. it so it has one. So on my turn, you know, yeah, yeah. it's really awesome. Uh, you can trick people too. Sometimes they'll attack into you and you sack a land. And boop, here comes a 9-7 that yeah. you can block with. Yep. Uh, Kiki Jiki, Mirror Breaker. Very heavy on the red, but this deck has so many Enter the Battlefield abilities that I think Kiki Jiki and cards similar to this are where you want to be in terms of taking over the game. Not to mention, Kiki can probably find a way to go infinite with Brave very easily. Um, haste, you can tap him to put a token that's a copy of target non-legendary creature onto the battlefield. That token has haste, and you sack it at the beginning of the next end step. So you can't copy Brea, but you can copy a whole number of other things. Yeah, Kiki's just... 
Hold on a second here, because I've noticed that there's a, a a lot of red cards. Are you feeling guilty about the Atraxa thing? Yeah. I'm feeling guilty that this deck doesn't have any red cards in it. I mean, I looked at the deck list, and there are a few red cards in it, and one of them was Whip Flare. I was like, this is unacceptable. we got to put more red cards in Jimmy the Red got a hold of this deck. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you put Kiki in there, you actually have to reform the mana base a little bit (laughs) because he's red, red, red in his casting cost. Um, You want to talk about these next two? Sure. Uh, Worm Coil Engine. Oh, yeah. This card, it was in, was it last year's Commander product? Mm -hmm. So, Worm Coil Engine... Oh, that was in 2014. 2014, okay. Uh, Great, great card. Also still worth quite a bit, despite being reprinted. It's a six mana for a 6-6 artifact creature worm. It has Death Touch and Lifelink. And then, when Worm Coil Engine uh, dies, create a 3-3 colorless worm artifact token, uh, creature token, with Death Touch, and then create another one with Lifelink. So, it starts as a 6-6 with Death Touch and Lifelink, and then when it dies, it splits into two 3-3s, one with Death Touch, one with Lifelink. Here's a Kiki Jiki target. Yeah, here's just a Brea target to sacrifice. Here's a Trading Post target to get back. Here is a target for your um, uh, for Shroom to get back as well. Like if you're playing multiple Worm Coil engines in a game, it's so hard to lose. You're gaining life off of them. You're creating am- amazing blockers at the same time. This card is just awesome. Clearly, yeah, this card is great, great, great. Yeah, um, another one similar is Duplicant which is six mana for an artifact creature shapeshifter and imprint when it enters the battlefield you may exile target non-token creature and then duplicate takes the power and toughness of that creature uh this if you're able to duplicate it uh flicker it play it again recur it yep exiling a creature on a creature it's removal yep. that you're recurring so yep very good yep um oh i'm really excited about this one. Oh, a new card look at this yeah combustible gear hulk Everyone's least favorite Gear Hulk, but in this deck, sick. Four red red for an artifact creature construct with first strike. He's a 6-6, six, six, or it's a 6-6. Six, six. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent may have you draw three cards. If the player doesn't, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Then Combustible Gear Hulk deals damage to that player equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards. So you're already wanting to put cards in the graveyard because of all the recursion. If you can flicker this, replay this, you can very quickly take someone out just entirely, especially if you f- like flip over a duplicate. That's like six damage there already. This would be in the the deck, I think, that Brea wants to do three damage and kill everyone with that. You'd play something like the Combustible Gear Hulk. Or they just let you draw a bunch of cards, which I want to draw cards, so I'm hoping they do that. I hope they do that, too, especially if they're at a low life total. Yeah, you just hold them hostage, right? Yeah. They're, they're like, if they're at, like, ten, they just have to give you the cards because they don't know if they'll die or not. Yep. Uh, the next one is uh, Chandra's mom and dad, Pia and Kieran Nalar. Two red red for a 2-2 human artificer. When Pia and Kieran enter the battlefield, create two 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature tokens with flying. Sound familiar? Uh, Pay two and a red. Sacrifice an artifact. Pia and Kieran deal two damage to target creature or player. So, Yep. So it's everything you want on a card uh, that is in a deck like this, again. And it's just good. You know, you're just flickering this, finding ways to, to play it again. Uh, Mirror Works is another good stuff card. Five mana artifact. Whenever a non-token artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay two mana. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that artifact. 
You can even do this for legendary artificers and just get rid of the, the legendary copy. So if you did this with Brea... Yeah, you'd get two Thopters get, out of it. Yeah, you get another two Thopters. Uh, even with that Brea on the stack, you could even sacrifice the copy, I think, before the legendary fact takes place. I don't know. That, uh, don't quote me on that. I could no, you get to choose when there's two legendaries out. Well, I'm saying, when it's out, are you able to pay two and sacrifice that one before you have to sacrifice it at the same time? Mm -hmm. Or is it a state-based effect? You know what? Don't quote me on it, but there's a lot of silly things you can do with Mirrorworks. <laughs> Artifacts matter. Goblin Welder. It's another red card. This card may be one of the most broken cards in Commander. Jimmy, only going to talk about red cards. Yeah. <laughs> I've made a solemn promise. This this card is, yeah, very good. This card is absurd. Red mana for a 1-1 one, one, ar Goblin Artificer. You can tap it to choose target artifact a player controls and target artifact card in that player's graveyard. If both targets are still legal as this ability resolved, that player simultaneously sacrifices the artifact or returns the artifact card to the battlefield. So for you... Get rid of a Thopter, bring back Worm Coil Engine. Yep. For another player, get rid of their Soul Ring and bring back a crappy, you know, I don't know, anything else. You yeah. can do this to other players, which is really absurd. Yeah, sometimes they get out like a crazy artifact and you just swap it for, you know, a mm -hmm. Signet that died earlier in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly you're going to use it on yourself. And in that case, it's kind of like Duretti's uh, minus ability, but it's just still amazing because, like you said, tokens. Yeah, and there's so much stuff you can do with this. You can continually, you can cycle the same two artifacts over and over and over again. You could just do duplicate and worm coil engine and swap them every single turn. Or if you have an, a way to untap the goblin well, you can do it multiple times. Very powerful. Uh, the next one is Dark Steel Forge. Yeah, this is kind of a must include, right? This yeah. is, it's a nine drop artifact, but it says artifacts you control have indestructible. Yeah, you can have, or you can play Avacyn too, obviously. But Avacyn's a lot more expensive, <laughs> money wise. Yeah, about the same mana wise. Yeah, and, and I think this deck has a lot of ways to ramp up as well to nine mana, so. Well, and also, the deck can't really recur Avacyn as easily as it can recur the Darksteel Forge, so mm -hmm. if they do manage to get rid of it, which is very difficult, you can possibly bring it back. Um, they may exile it, in which case it's harder. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Eldrazi Displacer. There's a lot of cards you can include that all have flicker abilities. The Displacer is two in a red, two in a white. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm obsessed with red. Two and white for a 3-3, three, three, and you pay two and one colorless man to exile another target creature then return to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. So you can do this as many times as you have mana for it. I think there's definitely ways to go infinite with this and Brea. Yeah, for sure, because flickering Brea means that you get two Thopters. I think like with Ashnod's Altar, yep. you, can, infinite. you can go infinite colorless mana, which you'd have to find a use for the infinite colorless mana. But like you said, there's other ways to just take advantage of, like, I'm doing that. And creatures are constantly dying and coming back, so maybe I use that Gravestorm card. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you got, like, Perforos or something out, then you could just be dinging Ooh. everybody for two damage every time two Thopters come in. Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Eldrazi Displacer, I think, is a must-include in the deck. Flicker is just so good in this deck. Having white in it really opens up that whole world of possibility. Um, so another Flicker card would maybe be, like, Deadeye Navigator or Rune of the Hidden Realm. We won't read those cards because we've talked about them many times on the show, but they're just other Flicker uh, creatures. Yep. Uh, probably the best sack outlet you can make in this deck is Ashnod's Altar. Uh, it's three mana. You can sacrifice a creature to add colorless, colorless to your mana pool. So one for two. You get, every time you cast Brea, you essentially will have four extra mana. And if she you costs four. Or six extra mana. Who knows? Yeah. And yeah, this card's super good and it goes infinite, like we said, with Eldrazi's Placer. Also, like Nim's Death Mantle is mm -hmm. another card that it can go infinite with. There's probably a few others. This, yeah, this card has to go in. It's just too good. Yeah, you want to put in, a f I mean, this is also ramp, right? Next yeah. turn, you can play a 8-drop. Or you can play a 10-drop if you want to by sacrificing Brea as well, having Ashnod's Altar out. 
Very pretty good. good. It, because she only costs four, and you get three creatures with her, it's you get you gain mana with Astronaut's Altar out. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is Master Transmuter. It's three and a blue for an artifact creature, human artificer. It's a one-two, but you play a blue and tap it, return an artifact you control to its owner's hand. You may put an artifact card from your hand onto the battlefield. So you don't even have to put the artifact card that you got from your graveyard onto mm-hmm. the battlefield. You you just return one from the battlefield to your hand, and then you put any artifact that's now in your hand down. So you can do things like, you know, what is this? Is a four drop? So on turn five or maybe turn four, you can return, you know, your signet to your hand and yeah. then put out, I don't know, a warm coil engine for you one mana. You can even just return a Thopter. Yeah, if the Thopter point. dies, but you get, you know, a six drop, ten drop, Dark Steel Forge. You know, there's a oh, lot of cards God, you can Dark cheat Steel out. Dark Steel Forge, that's being so able, good. Being able to master transmit out if Dark Steel Forge at instant speed is like GG. You did it. <laughs> oh man, people are gonna that's gonna be a groaner when people uh Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um that's another great. card I think you should definitely put in here is Voltaic Key. It's just a card that untaps other artifacts. I think un- untappers are also really good, especially if you're putting in all these value cards. Um removal. I don't know why they didn't include this in the deck. They have this in a lot of the precons. Um, they've included in two of the commander precons. Spine of Ishsaw. It's a seven drop when it enters the battlefield to destroy target permanent. And when Spine of Ishsaw is put into the graveyard, you return it to your owner's hand. So you have so many cards that want to sacrifice uh, artifacts and all that stuff. And this is single target removal for a permanent. So pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. yeah, yeah. That seems like it's yeah. It's too well, and it's recurrable, right? So yeah. you remove something, then a little bit later you do it again. Um, let's talk about card draw. It's one of our pillars that we always talk about ristic study it's a really obvious one um yeah put it in every blue deck i don't yeah. know I'm not and you it. can put our spoiler card uh padim console of innovation oh there's a really good card in this yeah deck. artifacts you control with hexproof at the beginning of your upkeep if you control the artifact with the high cmc or tied for it cmc 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 you draw a card pretty pretty good no that card's perfect in this deck actually yeah it's yeah we I, we talked about this deck because we got padim clearly that was, that was why use our spoiler card yeah, um, and finally, a couple of win conditions. I think Magister Sphinx is a card that doesn't see enough play. This card's really good. Uh, four white, blue, black for a 5-5 five, five flying. When it enters the battlefield, target player's life total becomes 10. It's like yeah. this a few times. I've had this happen to me a few times. Then have Brea just kill everyone. It sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. You bring them down to 10, and then Brea can just lightning bolt them down from there, possibly. Yeah, the, I mean, and also, here's the thing. Like, you have little flying thopters. A lot of the cards in the deck are flying. You bring them to 10, you peck them down to, like, 6, and then you just sacrifice some things, and they're just dead. Or you can play the political game and hold them on the leash and be like, hey, you're dead at any time I want you to be. So let's, let's, let's take care of someone else. On the, along similar lines, have you thought about grafted exoskeleton? Because, Craig has. Yeah, because <laughs> Brea does do the damage with the three damage. So if you have something like grafted exoskeleton, you can just direct damage, poison them out. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. Um, Marionette Master, I also talked about in another episode, but this card uh, can oh. definitely kill people. Oh, geez. Because now you're, now you're definitely able to sacrifice artifacts with the Ma- Marionette Master out and just drain life. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, so Marionette Master... It's new, so let's read it. It's um, six mana for a 1-3. It has Fabricate 3. In this case, you would almost always choose to put the 1-1 counters on Marionette Master. Mm -hmm. Because Marionette Master says, whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to Marionette Master's power. So if it's a 4-6, anytime an artifact of yours dies, it does four damage to somebody. And if you just sacrifice two Thopters, that's eight damage. Pretty good. You could do three damage with the Brayf when you do that, so you could just be doing eleven damage, two mana, sacrifice two artifacts, eleven damage. Like you just do that a couple times, some they're just dead. Yeah. So you just, you're right. You can literally play that later in the game and be like, "I have your heart in my hand." 
It's like a temple of doom. Onam Shiba. Onam Shiba. Sorry, Shivam. I know you hate that movie, and I hate it too, but yeah. it, it is a movie that exists, so I quoted it. Sorry. And boy, that, that chasing at the end. <laughs> Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. It's bad for all. Yeah, all right, let's it's bad for every reason, yeah. right? It's just there's nothing good about and it. And yet it's Indiana Jones. And yeah, it's Indy. Uh, Dr. Jones, okay, uh, to the listeners, let us know what you guys think about the Brea deck. If you are deciding to go with the partners or if you'd rather use Brea, what kind of infinite combos you're planning on doing. And why what, did what, you just put the paper down? Yeah, because I forgot to throw it, and then I was like, oh, crap, I forgot, and then he noticed, and... Uh, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh, boy. Fail city over here. Thank you. Thank uh, you. So, yeah, make sure you tweet at us, at CommandCast, leave a comment on the YouTube video, or on our new website, Collected.Company, where you can see all of our podcasts all listed there with our sister podcast, The Master of the Modern. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear the one card we didn't talk about that you think has to go in the deck, and then also what card in the deck you would take out that's currently in there for it. Yeah. You know, that's another thing that we run into as we're doing this is we sort of, we, we make ourselves work where we actually make the list of the cards that you need to take out. We, we, we put that in the show notes, otherwise the show would be like 17 hours long, but mm-hmm. that's a big thing about deck building, right? It's like, it's easy to come up with a huge list of cards you want to put in, but you actually have to take cards out, Yeah, and that's where it sort of gets heavy. All right. Uh, the show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Make sure you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. There you can order all your singles, C16 product, and all that stuff so you can build your Brea deck and pimp it out and make it super awesome within a couple of days because they are very fast and very quick at shipping all of your stuff. It's possible that the fully tuned version of Brea is actually the most powerful of all the four-color commander decks that are possible. I think so. Yeah. It definitely... It's hard to say right now, but it, it, it's definitely... It's up there. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Planet Earth 2, Jimmy. Planet Earth 2. It's super good. Uh, so far, I think two to three episodes have come out. I've only seen one of them, but I just sat there with my mouth agape the entire time. Did you watch the first series, Planet Earth? Yeah. Oh, that was one of my favorite television events of all time. I, I've watched them all like five or six times. Yeah. Just go online. We should put it in the show notes. The um, the iguana, baby iguana snake ambush thing. Yeah. That Just that alone. If that doesn't hook you, then I don't know. Something's wrong with you because... It's unbelievable. Planet Earth 2, it takes them years and years to make. So I mean, much dedication. I know in the first one, they sent a couple of guys to try and find, like, they wanted to get a snow leopard on. And the guys just spent, like, four years just trying to get video of a snow leopard. Yep. Because they're that rare. Like, oh, the show's so good. Yeah, you should watch the second episode. It's all about the mountains and the animals that live in them. And there are a lot of big cats. And it's great. The second episode's incredible. Uh, so... Make sure you guys check that out, Planet Earth 2. Make sure you also check out our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern, Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. They talk about modern and all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. You can also find them right next to us on our new magic hub, which is a website called collected.company. Easy to get to. Type it in. Easy to remember. Yeah. We'll be updating the site uh, with more stuff soon. It's also like one of the reasons that our Patreon, uh, or or one thing that we want to do is improve that website, and we've got a lot of ideas for it. Yeah. Make sure. That link is patreon.com slash command zone. Come support us. Please. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson, and special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Cards animations on all of our video animated video and animated episodes at youtube.com slash the Command Zone Podcast. You can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you.
for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.